I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode is all about common baking problems and how to solve them. I chat with Sylvie from A Baking Journey. Sylvie was born in Belgium and moved to Melbourne here in Australia in 2014. She is an architect turned baker and the owner of the blog A Baking Journey, where she develops and shares delicious sweet and savory baking recipes with a French twist. Her goal is to make baking accessible to anyone. Sylvie is my go-to when I come across baking problems myself, and I've spent hours talking to her about the pitfalls that can happen when we mistakenly use baking soda instead of baking powder, or if our oven isn't calibrated correctly. So I thought it might be useful if we could break down all the things that could go wrong in baking and how to fix them to ensure that it doesn't happen next time. Baking is a science, and there are many intricate things at play during the process, but don't let that put you off baking from scratch. Using reliable recipes from wonderful bakers like Sylvie and following the tips in today's episode will have you on your way to delicious baked goods every time. This week's recipe of the week is my super easy apple tea cake made with simple everyday ingredients, including yogurt, eggs, and butter, and topped with fresh apple slices that caramelize during baking. Oh, this apple yogurt cake is moist and flavorful and great served warm or cold. I highly recommend serving it with ice cream too. (laughs) Grab the recipe link as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode by visiting the show notes, cookitrealgood.com slash 50. Now let's dive in. Hi Sylvie, welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so happy to have you here and talk to us all about baking. But before we get into our topic today, can I ask you, what is your signature dish? The one that everyone says, (laughs) Sylvie, bring that. (laughs) Um, There's probably not one specific thing, but as you can tell by my accent, um, French pastry has a big influence in what I make. So I would probably say anything French. Um, And I, I love making choux pastry. Uh, I've got quite a few shoe pastry recipes on my blog. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things to make. Mm, every time you put one of those recipes up, I'm always so jealous. I want to be your neighbor <laughs> so I can eat all of your delicious baked goods. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I like, I would eat so much. I would be like the size of a house. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably a good thing. I don't have a scale at home and I can't, you know, I can't really weight myself because it would probably not be great. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the most common baking problems and how to solve them. I think that over the years in blogging, I've noticed that a lot of people struggle with baking. It's probably one of the, the harder parts of cooking in general. And I think yep. that's because a lot of it is based around science and you're looking for a certain result and there's not as much wiggle room, I think. Like if you make a soup and it tastes a little bland, you can add something to it. But yeah. if you bake a batch of muffins and they get to the end and they don't taste good, you can't really do much to rectify that. Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem is that you can't really adjust it once it's baked. Yes. Um, 
So, you know, you kind of need to follow the proper recipe while making it um, and follow a few basic rules. It's, it's definitely more of a science and, you know, unless you bake a lot and you know how to um, work your way around a recipe, it's, it's definitely a science and, um, yeah. Well, I know that I talk to you regularly about some problems that I have, but also we, we talk about some, some common problems that, or complaints that we get that might not be necessarily the fault of the recipe at hand, but more so some problems that um, have come down to user error. And a lot of these might just come from the fact that with other recipes, like we said, like a soup or something, you can, you know, substitute different ingredients. You can use different pots or pans um, and it won't really affect the end result. But those things, when you tweak them too much in a baking recipe, the end result could be disastrous. It could be (laughs) just not that great. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I thought, why don't we start with um, ingredients? Because ingredients is a really, they make a huge difference in baking recipes. Yeah, I think the main problem um, people get when they bake is when they try to substitute some ingredients or swap some ingredients. Um, And like you said, for cooking, it usually works, but for baking, unless you really know what you're doing, it often ends up in, you know, something that's not that great. Um, So I think probably the most important thing is to try to use um, the right ingredients if you can. Um, Some ingredients can be swapped sometimes, but like I said, unless you really know what you're doing, it's it's more of a trial. Um, I think one of the biggest um, problems that um, I see, at least with my recipes, um, is people swapping specific ingredients like baking powder for baking soda, for example. Um, That's probably one of the biggest problems. And, you know, like you mentioned before, baking is a science and baking soda and baking powder will not have the same effect um, in a cake or in a baked good, depending on other ingredients as well. Um, So, you know, swapping one for the other is definitely not going to work or it might work in some cases, but not others. But the main problem is that it's going to affect the taste, uh, which is obviously the most important thing when you bake. Mm-hmm. Um, other ingredients like sugar um, sometimes can be swapped, but again, it will affect uh, the taste, it will affect the texture. So really, when it comes to ingredients, it's about testing it, it's about trying different things. If you want, you know, if you're open to trying out different things and trying out different results, but if you do want exactly the same result, then the recipe you're looking at, you know, you should obviously use the same ingredients. The sugar just made me think of how, how many comments I get asking if you can change for like a, a sugar substitute for yeah. sugar in my very simple baking recipes. And my answer is always, I don't know because I don't yeah. use those. But if you want to try it, you can have a go and let us know. So yeah. you're right that there's no one stopping you from making a recipe your own or experimenting with it. But if you're hoping for the exact same result as yeah. the recipe that you're looking at, it's best to follow that step-by-step and all of the ingredients. Yeah. And definitely for, you know, specific ingredients like um, baking powder, like I said, or um, flour, you know, you definitely want to try to use the right ingredients. 
And then if you're more comfortable in the kitchen and you want to try to swap some ingredients, then absolutely. I'm all about trying new things and um, testing different ingredients. Um, but, you know, usually the recipes you make from the internet or from a cookbook have been tested many times and you can't unfortunately just swap one ingredient for another. Definitely. And that comes as well with um, flowers, I was thinking, because um, oftentimes that's another question I get about, like whether you can substitute almond flour for, say, self-raising flour or whatever I'm using. Um, And my answer again is no, because um, sometimes those gluten-free flours in particular, but if you were just using almond flour on its own, um, you're going to need like a lot more of it than a regular wheat flour. Um, so yeah. it's it's never going to be a one-for-one substitute with that either. No, and I think especially for gluten-free baking, it's even more specific than baking in general. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I know you've had a podcast on gluten-free baking and, um, you know, the people who specialize in it can probably answer it better than me. Um, but the flour is usually really the base of your entire cake. So, um, you know, if you swap it for um, something else that doesn't have gluten in it, like almond flour, you're usually never going to end up with the same result. I mean, it's it's a different ingredient. It does something different um, chemically in the cake. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one of the ingredients you don't want to be swapping um, unless you... Um, make some changes to the recipes altogether. Absolutely. All right. What about some tools and techniques that you find uh, have caused problems for readers before? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is understanding um, what different utensils do. So a whisk, for example, um, is obviously used to stir ingredients together and mix them together, but it will also um, add some air into your butter. So, you know, if, if a recipe calls for a spatula, usually it's because you don't want to be adding air um, to your butter. So, you know, understanding what different utensils do is very important. And you can probably get away with a lot of things, and that's probably not the most important thing, but it's, it's always good to know um, what they do and how to use them. Um, but then you also have more specific uh, material or technique issues like um, using the wrong size uh, pen. Um, I know it's it's a problem or at least it's a question I get a lot, you know, what size pen did you use and can you just use something larger or smaller or different? And obviously it's, it's always going to work, but it's always going to work slightly differently. Um, so, you know, if you use a spring form pan that's twice as big as the one recommended. Obviously your cake is not going to rise as much because it's going to be spreading way more into the um, cake pan. So that's, you know, that can be um, a problem. Um, And then you have other problems like um, not greasing a pan if it's instructed or, you know, using baking paper or um, not sifting dry ingredients if it's recommended. All of these are little things and little techniques and material issues that you can get that are really easy um, to fix by just following the uh, instruction of the recipe. Um, And then you probably have larger problems um, with not understanding basic baking techniques. Um, And when I say techniques, it's maybe a vocabulary question. 
So, you know, when you read a recipe, you often see uh, whisking or folding or stirring or creaming. And if you don't understand what that means, you will probably end up with a different result. Um, so I think understanding basic baking um, vocabulary is really important, even if it's, you know, the very basic one like whisking and folding, um, but also more in detail like creaming. Um, all of that will help you come up with a better result and um, something that's much closer to the recipe you're following. Absolutely. And is there like some resources that you, I don't know if this is on your blog or is there a common place that you can have a look at that would be able to explain those baking techniques better if you're unsure? I mean, just Google it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, you know, if you don't know what creaming mean, if you type what's creaming on Google, I'm sure you'll find many um article explaining what it is or many um, videos showing you how to do it. And and it's really important if you're not sure um, about a term of vocabulary or a technique, just, just research it. You know, it's, you usually get the answer straight away. Um, and it, it's really the best way to get consistent results in your baking. Google is always my friend when I'm unsure of how to do best. something. <laughs> Yeah. And there is, you're right. There is always like a video on YouTube that'll show you how to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's no silly questions when you're, if you're not unsure, you, you're better off to have, always. find out the correct answer before going into it and um, getting a result you weren't expecting. Yep. What about the time um, factor? So one thing that I always have a giggle at is <laughs> when I, I suggest say, to bake muffins for 15 to 20 minutes and someone yep. points out that it was 22 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we have to be a little bit flexible with our timings, but um, yep. you probably have more to say on it than I do. <laughs> yes. I think for timing, there's probably a few different points. Um, I would say the first one is um, while you are making your cake or your baked goods or, you know, whatever you are making, quite often you will get details on how long you're supposed to make things together. Um, so very often in a recipe, you'll see avoid um, overworking the butter or overmixing the ingredients. And that's because uh, you will start developing the gluten in the flour. And that usually ends up in a tense or tough cake. Um, and at the same time, you will also see um, instruction that say whip I don't know, um, eggs and sugar for three minutes or whisk a few ingredients together for X minutes. And, and again, that timing is very important, especially when it comes to uh, creaming ingredients. So mixing butter with sugar or um, whisking eggs and sugar, all of that, it, you know, it's very important to follow um, the recommended time because it's, it's about adding um, lots of air into your butter and getting getting a cake that's airy and light and um, just the right texture. So that's, that's the first um, timing um, point that's, that's important to follow and to understand. Um, the second one would be um, resting, chilling, proofing time. If you're making breads, all of that is very important. And when you make pastry, for example, the resting and the chilling will make or break um, your recipe. So definitely don't try to 
just overlook that and, you know, keep going. If, if the recipe is telling you to rest or to chill a pastry or a dough, seriously, just do it. Um, that will make a huge difference. And then lastly, like, like you mentioned, it's the baking time. That's, that's very often an issue. And it's one of the comments I get very often as well, you know, um, the recipe says 25 minutes and my cake is still raw. And I think what people don't usually realize is that many ovens are not calibrated properly. So the temperature of your oven is very much going to depend. And it's not because your oven says 180 degrees that it's actually on 180 degrees inside. So if you want to master baking, you need to know your oven well. You need to understand if it's hotter or um, less hot than showed or if it's, you know, the perfect temperature because all of that is going to affect the timing of your baking. And, you know, if you need to bake something slightly longer or uh, shorter, and often baking recipes will tell you um, how to check if your baked goods are um, fully baked or not. So, you know, whether it's um, poking a skewer through it and looking at the crumbs or um, maybe it's a color indication. So, you know, obviously it's important to follow the recommended baking time, but you will need to check it physically um, or visually. Uh, to make sure that it's, you know, fully baked. And, and that will just depend on your oven, really. Uh, unfortunately, there's no um, there's no general baking time that will work for everyone in every single oven. One of the things that I bought, um, it was on the back of a recommendation of someone I had on the podcast. And, you know, I feel terrible now. I can't think of who it was. <laughs> I will remember it at some point. Um, <laughs> but an oven thermometer, like it's very common for people to suggest that anyway. Um, yep. And... Yeah, it's eye-opening, the differences in just yeah. even, like, the different shelves in my oven and how much they can vary and, like, the front and the back. Um, Absolutely. So that kind of opened my eyes to while I give, like, I usually don't say, like, 20 minutes. I'll try and give you, like, a time frame that's, you know, yeah. give give or take five or ten minutes. Um but I guess the important thing is to know that all of our ovens work differently. So that first time you're baking something, you're probably going to be, need to be more vigilant and figure out what time yeah. that suits your oven. And the next time you can go into it knowing what's best for you. But yeah, it's, it's all a bit of guesswork sometimes. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why I say that, you know, it's, it's important to know how to um, just physically and visually check on, your cakes and your baked goods yourself because you can't always rely um, on a specific timing. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's always going to depend based on your oven. Um, so you're better off, you know, knowing how to check it yourself and just take it out of the oven, you know, five or 10 minutes earlier if you think that it's baked because it very much could be baked. Absolutely. And the one thing I guess I'll say on that as well is that, while you want to keep an eye on it and check on it with baking, when you are baking things, it's best not to mm. like open and shut the yeah. the oven a million times, especially at the start when it's baking. Yeah, <laughs> I've so. learned my lesson with that the hard way. <laughs> so <laughs> I will yeah, point so it out you, for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're lucky enough that most ovens will have a glass door and you can kind of look through it. Yes. Um, but, you know, if the recipe says bake for 30 minutes, I won't open it for, you know, at least 20 minutes to check mm -hmm. on it. 
because there's no point in checking on it after five or 10 minutes. It's obviously not going to be baked. So if you can avoid opening the door more and more, um, you know, you make sure that there's no um, temperature drop in your oven and that won't affect your cake. So now we've sort of spoken about the temperature of the oven and how much that can vary. There's also some other temperature issues when it comes to baking. Yep. Um, So I think the first thing is the temperature of the ingredients. And, you know, very often a recipe will tell you um, that your ingredients need to be um, at room temperature or they will tell you that they need to be cold. And that's very important. Um, you know, like you mentioned at the start, it is a science and mixing two things that have a completely different temperature, uh, might be very good for some recipes like making pastry, but could be resulting in a disaster for other recipes. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to mix very cold butter with eggs, for example, it's not going to work. It's going to curd. You're going to end up with lumps. It's not going to be great. So the temperature of the ingredient themselves will have a huge impact in the um, the quality and you know the texture and just the final result of your um, baked good, and it's probably one of the biggest um, points I guess is follow the temperature of the ingredient that are recommended. Um, the second thing it's probably more specific, but you know understanding melting points, uh, for example, chocolate or um, butter, you know, you want to try to avoid burning ingredients when you need to melt them. So, um, you know, the temperature of chocolate, especially very important if you're baking with chocolate. Um, And then the last point um, for temperature uh, is actually the cooling time. Um, not only the cooling time of your baked good when they come out of the oven, but also if you are going to add a cream or frosting to your cakes and your desserts, you need to follow the proper um, cooling time um, that is recommended. So I'm sure, you know, if if you've ever tried to frost a cupcake that's just coming out of the oven, you're going to end up with a disaster um, because your cream cream will be cold, uh, your cakes will be hot, and it's just going to melt all over it. So it is important to um, let it cool down completely if that's what's recommended. Or, you know, sometimes it will tell you to um, just swap it straight away. So I don't know, for example, if you're making cookies, it will tell you to transfer your cookies on a cooling rack straight away. And that's because you want to stop um, the cooking um, when it comes out of the oven. And in other cases, it will tell you to let, I don't know, let a cake cool down um, in the pan before you remove it. So all of that is, you know, a temperature question and and it's important to follow that. Yes, I can think of a few times in my life when I've been a little bit uh, impatient with my cooling cakes (laughs) and put that frosting or icing straight on and (laughs) it never works out well. (laughs) So that is probably, sorry. That's uh, just very important to, to pay mind to that. <laughs> and I think it's one of the hardest thing about baking is that you need to be patient. It's very hard to be patient when you know that, you know, there's a delicious cake or, you know, muffin or whatever you're making that's coming out of the oven and you do want to try it straight away. But really, trust me, just 
you need to give it that time to cool down before you eat it. Otherwise, you know, you might just ruin the whole thing. And you don't want to have gone to all that effort just to ruin it at the last step anyway. <laughs> that would <laughs> be it, very it just, frustrating. It might taste fine. Like, you know, I got yeah. away with it, but it just did not look pretty. I was not giving that to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, so what are some general tips to avoid some baking mistakes? So we've gone over our our ingredients. Let's not mess with those too much. We've talked about you know, understanding the techniques for baking, if you weren't aware of them before, um, using the right materials. And if you are using different pans, understanding that you'll probably get a different result. Um, looking at how long it you need to breast something, how long you should be stirring the batter, not to overwork <laughs> it and then cooking it right. And then getting the temperature right as well. But I'm sure there's some other points. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess my the first tip I want to give, and that's something I always do uh, before I make a recipe, is to read um, the list of ingredients and the instru- instruction fully. So, you know, way before you start putting everything together and taking things out of the pantry, just read it, read it through, and make sure you do have all the ingredients, you have all the equipment and utensils that you need. Um, read the recipe, um, you know, like we've talked about earlier, if there is a term or, you know, a word that you're not sure about, do the research before you start. Um, and, th- and that's all about, you know, being organized and, and once you um, get started, you don't have to stop to, you know, look for an ingredient or uh, research a word or something. So that's probably the first very important thing. The second thing would be, um, to prepare and wait all your ingredients before you start putting them together because um, you know we've we've discussed timing issues and unfortunately with baking you don't want to leave all the ingredients mixed together for too long before you put them in the oven or you know you don't want to stop in the middle and do something else because it might have an effect on the recipe. So preparing all the different ingredients at the start before you start mixing them together, that's the best way to make sure that you do it quickly and um, efficiently and just more optimal, I guess. If only I had done this more often in some of the recipes that I make. Seriously, I think I told you like just the other week I was making some cupcakes and I just started making them. Like I was a couple of steps in and I was like, oh, I don't have any eggs. That was really good. So I had to go to the store. So it happens to the best of us, but it is really a good step to do before you even embark on starting baking because you don't want to get midway through stirring ingredients and realize you don't have something integral to the whole thing. Yeah, that that's happened to me so many times, and you know, I I obviously have a pantry that's packed with baking stuff, and I always think I have everything. But you know, you you don't want to wait and find out you don't have something when you're in the middle of it. That's that's just the worst thing that could happen, and we can't always just run to the shops in the middle of a recipe. So you know, make sure you're fully prepared before you start, and you know, you know what you're doing, you know what you need, and that's really the best way to get a good result. Um, And talking about that, I think 
something we often forget to do is prepare um, your pan before you start. So um, if you need to grease a pan or, I don't know, lining with baking paper or something, always do it at the start before um, you start mixing your ingredients together. Because like I just mentioned, timing is everything and you don't want to be wasting some time later on trying to find your pans and trying to grease them and everything. So just do it at the start so it's done, it's ready, it's waiting for you. And once um, the batter or the dough or the pastry is ready, you can just bake it straight away. And that's really important, something we often forget. Um, and I think the last tip I can get and I can give, and it's a question of where you live, I guess, but the all-time issue of weight versus using cups or tablespoons. and Unfortunately, if you do, you know, if you're very much into baking and you want to get precise results and, you know, recipes that do work all the time, the only way to do that is by weighting all your ingredients. Um, because using cups or using tablespoon, you know, it, it works for many, many recipes that are not that precise. But as soon as you want to get into more elaborate desserts or, you know, more complex recipe you just you just need to wait it that's that's the only way to get a perfect result every time so you know it might look like a very complicated utensil to use or machine to use but it's it's seriously you find them for 10 15 dollars they're super easy to use and if you want to get more efficient and you know if if you want to improve your baking that's probably the most important thing you can do and Really, something I always say is that you don't need very fancy uh, machines and utensils and you don't need, you know, a KitchenAid. But if you can start with just a proper kitchen scale, that's going to make a huge difference in what you make. And, and that's probably for me the most important thing when it comes to baking. You have a really handy converting chart that's <laughs> in your email sign-up, yeah. isn't it? I think uh, I'm- it's sorry, an again. old email sign up. Yeah. People yeah. Well, it. let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's link that to, um, in the show notes too, if anyone wants to get it, cause it explains the different flowers, like yeah, what absolutely. a cup should weigh and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, like, like I said, you know, if you're just making muffins or, you know, a very simple recipe, it will work. You know, we're not making extremely complicated French pastry that we require, you know, quantity up to the gram but you know if if you do want to improve and if you want to start making more complex recipes it's it's seriously the best investment ever and 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 it's not really an investment i mean we're talking 10 15 dollars yeah not very expensive (laughs) (laughs) i mean i have about four at home you know of course you do of course you do What about if you if you're talking to someone who has maybe had a lot of baking fails in the past and have convinced themselves Mm. that they're a terrible baker, just like someone who I guess when they can't garden they think that they have a black thumb. (laughs) This person thinks that they can't bake. Um, What is what's a recipe that you think would be a good place to rebuild their confidence? Like you've got a lot of baking recipes on your blog. What do you think would be good for someone to go? Um, this is enough to to put all this into practice, but you're going to do a good job yeah. at it. <laughs> um, I think for me, the quickest and easiest recipes are usually muffins. I mean, I, I love to make muffins. I have 
quite a lot of muffins recipe on my blogs and some of them are maybe a little bit more complex, but usually it's one of the easiest recipe you're ever going to make because timing doesn't matter that much, you know, temperature of the ingredients or there's no complicated techniques to follow. It's usually very straightforward, you know, one bowl recipe type of thing. So I think muffins are usually a good start. Um, and then from there, you can, you know, start making some cakes and some loaf cakes um, and, you know, just slowly increase uh, the complexity of your recipes. But yeah, I think muffins, um, muffins are usually a, a good start, more, more than cookies. I think cookies can be more tricky because, you know, there's some chilling time and, you know, there's, you know, scooping it, which can be a little bit complicated if you're not used to it. But muffin is literally just mixing all the ingredients together and putting them in the pan. So yeah, start there. Awesome. What's your favorite type of muffin? Oof, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, I have a recipe on the blog for um, some double chocolate brownie muffins and these ones are pretty good. Mm, I eye those <laughs> ones off all the time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you like dark chocolates, um, yeah, go for them. Yum. Now, Sylvie, could you let my listeners know where they could find you? Um, yes. Yeah, so my blog is called um, A Baking Journey. You can find me at abakingjourney.com and on all social media with the same handle. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for all those tips today. I really think that it kind of helps to, to take a step back sometimes, like, cause when we, after we have a, a baking fail or something doesn't go very well, um, it's sometimes hard to stop then and, you know, go to the root cause. It's kind of like, Oh, well, what went wrong? The recipe yeah. must've been bad or whatever it is. And it's kind of hard to objectively look at it. Um, so it's kind of good to step back and go, all right, let's talk about the basics here. You know, let's yeah. make sure that we're using the right things at the right time. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as anyone else, uh, as anyone else, um, at, skimming over a recipe and not really doing the right technique. You know, maybe it's room temperature butter and I've still got my cold butter and then it doesn't work out when I'm trying to cream it with sugar. Um, there's plenty of things that can go wrong if we don't pay attention and read through the recipe. So I think that your, your point about like beginning the whole process by just reading the recipe, all of the ingredients and all the instructions <laughs> is going to really help get us, get us in the right direction and to start from there. And it sounds really simple, but I think we all know that we're skimmers at best. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it, it's really about understanding some very basic concepts and, you know, just following them. I know it's very tempting to, you know, go freestyle and, you know, do whatever you want in the kitchen. And it's often going to work when you cook, but unfortunately it's usually not going to work when you bake. So you just need to be precise if you can, and you just need to follow the recipe and follow the ingredients if you can. And, you know, if something goes wrong and, you know, you, you don't get the result that you were hoping for, just go through that list of ingredients again, just read the instruction again and make sure you didn't miss something. Make sure you didn't swap an ingredient because very often that's where you're going to find your error um and 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 check your oven that's probably the top three things i would recommend just check your oven 
make sure you're using the right ingredients and, and make sure you understand um, the techniques and, and you just follow them properly. Thank you, Sylvie. Thank you so much for giving us all that advice. My pleasure. We sure did cover some ground during this episode, but one point stands out above the rest, and that is to carefully read the recipe before starting. It might seem super simple, but it truly does make a big difference. I also love Sylvie's point about getting all the ingredients out ready and measured before starting too. As I mentioned during our chat, I've been caught out by this a few too many times when I haven't actually taken the time to make sure I had everything, (laughs) including eggs, um, and needed to do a mad dash to the store. So it really is better just to have everything ready to go and there's no stress. For all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 50. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.